Santigna in the air, deep right field. Center field, a diving catch by Hallie Santigna. That's the first pitch she gets. Hallie Santigna does it again. Welcome back to the fifth episode of In the Box with me. I'm your host, Hallie Santigna. Today I have a special guest with me. We are going to be running through all the ins and outs, the behind the scenes, and of the scenes of being injured and playing through an injury and working through an injury and just everything. So this will be the last podcast for a little bit because, as some of you may know, this is done for a school project and this is the last one for my school project, but I will definitely record more in the future. Um, so today I have with me Miranda Pruitt. So say hi, Miranda. Hello, guys. All right, so we'll just jump right in. Uh, where are you from? How old are you? What position do you play? Just give me some background on you. Yeah, okay. So, like she said, my name is Miranda Pruitt. I'm from Joshua, Texas, which is about an hour from Stephenville, um, closer to the Fort Worth area. And uh, I am a senior this year in the classroom. I graduate December. And what else? Uh, I'm a catcher. And as many know, Catchers do come with a lot of injuries, knees, bodies, shoulders, head, everything. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, like, get into this topic. It's real heartstringer for me, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like a lot of people, especially outside of athletics, they don't look at injuries as much as they should or, like, view them as how, like, how much it takes out of you and how much you go through just going through an injury. You know, like, big NFL players will go down for a season with an ACL tear, and they're like, oh, they hurt their knee, and now they're out for the season, and they're not thinking about what they're going through mentally and physically 100%. to get back ready to play, you know? So, uh, before we get into the whole meat of everything, uh, I want to know a little bit more about your background. Uh, so, what was the recruiting process like for you personally? Okay, so for me, uh, man, I started softball when I was about – eight years old so I got pretty I was pretty late into the recruiting process itself and I was always told like I wasn't going to be able to go d1 I wasn't going to be able to because one I was too short I was too stubby like I was not a catcher's build I was more of like a third baseman first baseman build and I was like okay well it's time to prove these people wrong like I'm gonna work hard to go do this so um Tarleton alone is a alma mater for my family, and so my goal, I wasn't really planning on going to Tarleton. I was like, one, it's too close to home. Like, I have already know this campus. It's like, I've been there, done that, don't want to do it. Uh, I actually went on a visit to Memphis, uh, where Brady and Cheyenne in the previous podcast where they're from. I went on a visit there, and eight hours just is a little too far for me. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was just a little bit too far away from my family. So, uh I was at this camp, and Phillips heard me screaming on the field, yelling to the outfield, infield, what to do, and she went up to my uh, recruiting agent at the time, and she said, hey, I want this girl. I want, her to, I want to take her on a visit. I want her to go on campus. I want her to see, and my recruiting agent already knew that I did not want to go to Tarleton, <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, well, I'll let her know. Like, I'll let her know and all that, so she came up to me. 
And what's funny about this whole story is a week before I went to the camp that Philip saw me at, I actually quit softball. Really? I quit softball and I told my parents, like, I know this camp's already paid for, so, like, I'll go to this camp, but after that, I'm done. Like, you know, I went through a lot in the select world. It's a big, uh, how do I put this? It, it takes a lot out of you mentally as a child growing up in the select world. And you have a lot of expectations and you're told that you got to grow up fast. Oh, yeah. It absolutely expects so much out of you. You have to be an adult when you first come to it. Exactly. Like, you're having to choose, like, what you want to do with your life. I don't even know how to drive a car. And I, I feel know. like that is an analogy that has been brought up <laughs> in the last three. I swear Brady said that, too. You're you're picking your future before you even know how to drive. Exactly. Like, <laughs> the, so and that's though. such a monumental thing yeah. in your life is, like, you learn how to drive, and then you're kind of seen as an adult at yeah. that point. And us girls are learning. Like, we're having to plan our whole life out. Yeah, and so decisions. Yeah, so it just was taking a toll on me in that last tournament. We were in Reno. I just told my dad, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, one, my arm is hurting really bad. And at the time, I'm a, what, I'm 14, 15-year-old kid who's saying my arm's hurting because of how much I'm playing. I couldn't feel it. It was numb. I couldn't even lift it above my head. It just was taking a real big toll on me. So, yeah, I ended up quitting and then went to this camp. Philip saw me. And I was like, you know what? What, you know I might as well go on a, another visit. I've only been on one, so, like, I don't see what the big deal would be. Right. I go on campus, and they make it the best visit I've ever had. Like, they made me feel like they wanted me. They brought in the girls, which a really big, like, mentor that I looked up to was Nika Wood, and she was a catcher here before me, and I was technically – I was going to take her spot, and that's what they told me. They're like, your role is to come in and take Nika's spot because – at the age that you are, you already have the skills that we just developed into her. And, like, to me, I was like, wow, they actually see that I work hard and, like, yeah. they want me here. So, um, yeah, I'm t- two days after that visit, I was like, Mom, I'm going to Tarleton. <laughs> and she was like, okay, we're going to Tarleton. I bet your parents were really happy about that, too. They were. They're, they're uh, alumni. Oh, yeah, 100%. So you've always been a catcher? I've always been a catcher. I mean, when I started in rec ball, I was a third baseman. And then the the day came where our catcher got hurt, and my dad said, baby girl, you're the next biggest girl. Get behind the plate. <laughs> and so I was behind the plate ever since then. And my cousin, he was, uh, he was a catcher in college, played for Eastern New Mexico, and he kind of introduced me to Lone Star. He was the one that was kind of like, yeah, Tarleton's a great school to go to. They've got a great softball program. He did his grad assistant with the softball program at Eastern. So he kind of knew Coop and Phillips and uh, Mata, who was the head coach at the time. Yeah. And he was like, that's a great program for you to go into. They would really respect you as a player. And, like, I think that would be great. So, like, my family was right behind me in all the decisions that I made. That's awesome. That's huge. Like you were saying, you played third until you just got thrown in there. I played <laughs> – so I was I was a lefty growing up. Oh, I still am. I was, <laughs> like, I'm a lefty. <laughs> and growing up, they were like, oh, three places on the field you can play as a lefty but I was a really really athletic kid like I did everything I would do taekwondo gymnastics and then softball was actually the last sport that I got into which Mm -hmm. was like it ended up being where I had to choose between gymnastics and softball and obviously I chose softball Mm -hmm. but I played first base for the longest time (laughs) when I was a kid because I mean when you're young young like outfield nothing goes on out there you know you might get one here and there so 
my choices were catching, which still is like, eh, being a lefty, you know? I mean, it's people do it. People do it, 100%. Not, but it's not as popular, you know? So it's either, like, you can catch, you can pitch, you can play first, or you can go in the outfield and stand there for most of your life until people <laughs> start hitting the ball hard, you know? And so I played first all growing up, into, and I was diehard first base. Like, I was – I loved it. That was my yep. passion, you know? And I, <laughs> it took me a little bit, like, once I got older to realize, like, okay, you're an athlete. Like, you can go to the outfield now, and it's okay, and it's nothing against you. Oh, yeah. So whenever I got to high school, my coach was like, you're too you're too short to play first base. Oh, and I yeah. was like, which I was. Which, <laughs> I mean, really, you, as you've seen the last couple of years, you can be anybody type and play anywhere. Oh, 100%. Like, that 100%. girl from uh, James Madison – What's her name? But she's shorter. Oh, yeah. And stubbier. Like, um, she's – and she talked during the World Series last year about how she was always told, like, she wasn't the right body type for a softball player. And then there she was at the one college World oh, Series, yeah. you know. But uh, – Being one of the biggest mentors ever in the, yeah. wor- in the world of softball. Right. And uh, so going back, I, my coach was like, you're too short to play first base. And I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm a first baseman. <laughs> I had just gotten, like – Brandon custom first baseman, like, <laughs> decked out and all this stuff. And she was like, she moved me to the outfield. I was pissed. I was so mad. But, like, I fell in love with the outfield in a week. I oh, yeah. I loved it. Like, because I was like, oh, people are hitting balls out here. I can dive for dudes. I can jump mm-hmm. make crazy plays, you know. But, yeah, it definitely took me a little bit of adjusting to find my my correct fit. I did oh, catch yeah. for a little bit, actually. Oh, Tarleton actually used to have a left-handed catcher. Her name was Emily Blair, and uh, she came from Joshua as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, she she caught in a few games, and then she ended up hurting her hips. But, uh, oh, yeah, my whole high school career, I watched our left-handed catcher play. So, like, whatever position that you want, you go for it. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of stuff in shortstops. Oh. Too. Like, like, you got to be quick, quick, but, like, oh, yeah. you got to be an athlete for that. I'm like, I see a left-handed shortstop, I'm like, Yes, Bowing down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I – my first two years whenever I played at Southern Arkansas, uh, I played uh, center my freshman year, and the center fielder from the previous year actually moved to catcher, and that's how I got to play there my freshman year. Oh, because she caught – and she was a lefty, and she killed it. Mm-hmm. Like, coming from being an outfielder, like, all those crazy balls down the lines and stuff, she doing, like, outfield dives and stuff, catching those balls. She was – it made her an incredible catcher. Oh, she was yeah. amazing. But, yeah, so now that we've rambled about your background a little bit, let's get into the meat of things, get into the topic that we're here for. Heck, yeah. What injuries go. have you faced in your softball career? Alrighty, So, uh, kicking it back down to uh, the winter of 2017. Or, yeah, the winter of 2017. Um, we just went through summer ball, and – I, my arm was hurting, as always, since I would have been 13 years old. And my dad was like, you know what? You just need to take a month off. Just be really relaxed with your body. Just yeah. give yourself a break. Like, you, you deserve it. You just played a really hard summer. And fall ball was coming right back up for high school. So right. I was like, this is my senior year in high school. I'm going to ball out. I'm going to get fit. I'm about to, like, I was on a mission. Like, my senior year in high school, I was going to ball out. Get ready for my freshman year in college because – I knew I got that starting spot that I have to prove that that is my spot. Right. So I am 
in the gym, waking up 5 a.m. in the morning, going to the gym, working out. Well, after that break, I started throwing again, and I was like, something don't feel right. And I went to our high school trainer, and I said, I made a throw, and it felt like a knife was in like something stabbed me. And he was like, oh, no. And I was like, what do you mean, oh, no? And he was like, all right, let me do some tests. He did the typical rotator cuff, a labrum test, failed all of them. Yep, failed every single test. And he was like, I'm sorry to break this to you, but you got a torn labrum. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but I just, what? What do you mean? And he was like, you need to go see a doctor here soon. Like, we're going to have an open clinic that you can go to and uh, see a doctor. And my response, because I was so petrified, I was like, can you call my dad and tell him this? Because I cannot have this conversation with my dad. Like, it is, <laughs> I'm about to go to college. I'm My whole life, depending on this whole college career, and now I have an injury. So you, that injury happened after you had already signed? Yep. It, that had to have been terrifying, knowing you had to call your college coach that you hadn't even Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, so sure enough, we went to the clinic. We got an MRI. And he said, yeah, you got a torn labrum and a rotator cuff. It's pretty typical of catchers and pitchers in softball and baseball um, to have these injuries. And I'm just like, how am I going to tell Coop this? How am I going to call Coop and be like, hey, I'm coming in as a freshman that's getting surgery. Yeah, and I'm hurt and useless to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, that. my biggest fear was, one, I, he was about to be like, look, I'm sorry, but, like, your but cards aren't in the deck for us anymore. Yeah. And it was my biggest fear because being a senior in high school, for softball, you were supposed to already be recruited. Oh, yeah. Like, that Especially was the stigma. at our time. What, how old are you? I'm 21. You're 21, yeah. So you're, we were right around the same recruiting yeah. era. It's so different now, and I've so talked different. about that in the, uh, the past couple podcasts as well. Yeah, for us, it was like, by the time we were 16, if you weren't signed, like, you weren't, you weren't going, going anywhere. I, like, my recruiting process is so crazy. Like, I literally beat all of the odds of, yes. like, all that stigma. And, and so I was petrified. I was like, I'm about to, I'm not, I don't even know. I was already thinking of, I'm calling Weatherford Juco. They're going <laughs> to, she is, I'm, I'm, I already have her phone number. Like, I'm going to call her. And... I ended up calling Coop, and he was like, no, 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 that's okay. Like, you're, you're good. Pro I promise you, do not freak out because, like, you're going to come back from this. You have a whole year. You're going to be okay. And so I went ahead, and what was it? I, October, pretty sure it was October of 2017, I had my surgery. And starting on my senior season, I didn't even get to play. And yeah, that was a bummer. That was the biggest bummer for me was – my senior year when I'm supposed to ball out, I'm the only senior too. I was the only senior. So oh, it was like, I, it was my year, like my one and only year. So it was a big bummer. And Coop and Phillips were very understanding about the whole ordeal too. And they're like, you're going to come back. You're going to do it. Like all of that's going to be good. And then my second surgery was my freshman year. Literally a year after I had my surgery. Um, we're at practice. We're doing throwdowns to second. And as soon as I took a throwdown, my ball went to right field instead of second base. And I felt like the devil was shooting out of my fingertips. Oh. I had tingles, fire, everything you can think of, pain possibly, coming out of my arm. And I, it was pretty normal for me to be like, okay, like it's just some pain. You can do it again. Well, I go to throw again, and I can't even lift my arm, and I had to go to the trainer, and 
she was like, Miranda, this is not good. Like, your arm's dislocated. We can't put it back. Like, we're going we're gonna to have to do something about it. Like, we had to go to the doctor. It's the same arm you already had surgery on? Same arm I've already had surgery on. So, Ow. we're looking at second injury on the same shoulder that I just had surgery on. How long were you released from the first one to when that happened? Um, so, when I had surgery on my first, well, my first surgery, I got released right around May at the beginning of June because my goal was to play summer ball so that yes. I wasn't so far behind right. when I went into college. And my um, physical therapist was so for it. He was like, we can do this. Like, you know, this is your first surgery. You're going to heal really fast. And so I had all intentions. My mind was like, okay, we can do this. Like, we'll, we'll get through this. And... I did. I ended up playing the whole summer ball, and unfortunately, that I probably shouldn't have because it ended up loosening a lot of the things that they already been fixed. But um, it was about it was about a whole year from the when I had my first surgery to when I had to had to get my second surgery. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. But I mean, you were. I mean, you had played a good bit of ball from like your ninth grades to. So it wasn't like an immediate re-injury. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it wasn't immediate. It was, I played two and a half months of summer ball with my select team for my last year. Because that was another big thing is like, this was my last year of making all these memories with this team. Right. And I was like, I don't want to miss out on these. And I already had that feeling like, we got a bunch of new girls on the team. And I was like, one, they don't respect me. Like, they don't know, really know who I am as a player. And I that is a big thing for me, too. Yeah, and I feel like injuries weren't as common when you were I know. I like never. You ball. never really like saw people who were injured. You, your second shoulder blowout happened. You had only been like what two months in to your college career. Heck yeah. Um, being a freshman, I was a month and two weeks into fall ball. A month and two weeks, and my arm blows out during practice. And my first. My first instinct was, oh, my God, I just did it again. My worst fear just happened again. And the trainer, she was like, we need to go, like, something is really wrong. Like, we need to go see a doctor. And I asked, I was like, should we go see the doctor who did my first surgery? And she told me that if I did that, then I would end up having to do it all on my own. She wouldn't be able to help me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give it to you. And then I had to go talk to Coop. And the waterworks just started with him, and I was just like, I, I blew up my shoulder again. We're going to have to go see the doctor. I know you had high expectations of me, and I'm so sorry. Like, I really wish this didn't happen again, and I thought I was ready. And he's like, no, 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 you're okay, Mary. Like, you are a freshman. You have plenty of years left, and, like, don't freak out. We just need to figure out what's wrong. And he was, like, really calm with me, trying to, like, get me to calm down because I was just, like, hyperventilating, water, like, tears running down my face it was really it was a stressful time and then I had to call my dad and tell him that it happened again and he started freaking out calling your parents for me especially was like one of the hardest parts because other than my elbow like I take pain really well yeah so like I had a little bit of an issue when I was younger but just from like growing and being a gymnast like mm -hmm. a competitive gymnast like I, like I had a little bit of knee pain when I was a kid but and like just working through that but like I had a huge pain tolerance Oh, yeah. When I was younger, like, even my elbow. So, like, I mean, I literally played through, like, every time I would play, my arm would curl up. And I played on it for, like, almost a year, probably. Oh, yeah. And so, like, 
whenever I call my parents and say something's wrong, they're like, something's seriously something wrong. Something is actually like, wrong. wrong. It's like, if you see me crying or, like, freaking out about something, that's when you're yep. like, okay, something, something's bad. Oh, yeah. So, I guess I'll go ahead and talk about mine so that we can start, since we're getting into the college side of things, yeah. we can start relating a little bit. Uh, after I transferred from Southern Arkansas to Tarleton, mine was, my injury happened earlier than yours did, and oh, ret- yeah. retrospect of being here, uh, the very first team practice we had on the field during the fall, so it's like, if y'all don't know listening, in the fall, um, your practice times, or I guess off-season, there's other sports and stuff, but like for our fall, um, practice time is very specific and limited. I think, what is it, during like the fall off-season, was it like eight hours a week? Eight hours a week. Yeah, eight hours a week of athletic activity, and that's weightlifting, conditioning, and softball. Yep. And then after you get into like a, a certain amount of days, you have you get twenty hour weeks. You get yeah, you get more week or you get more hours so that you can start actually participating as a team and like practicing together right. and like I'm pretty sure it's it's around twenty hours or something like that. Don't I'm I'm not getting an exact quote on that. <laughs> but so there at the beginning of the like fall off season when we only had eight hours a week, you know, we would save up like an hour or two for the end of the week. So the whole team could get together instead of just doing individual work. And it was our little very first team practice, and we're running through an outfield drill, and we started on one foul line and then just hauled butt to the next one. And you get you, like, it was either one or two balls, and you had to give, like, 100% effort at it or, like, you had to run. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I got to win my spot mm-hmm. here, you know. Like, I don't even know anything about this program yet, you know. I'm, like, trying mm-hmm. to win my spot. I am hauling butt in my, like, from the right field line. And I think we hit the ball probably somewhere in the left field gap. So, like, I had some speed going into this oh, thing. Yeah. Like, way more speed than I would ever have going into any <laughs> ball ever. Like, ever. actually played in a real game. And I dove for this ball. I caught it. I don't know how. But I caught it. And I guess when I hit the ground, like, my arm was like, nope. And it popped out. And I had never experienced that feeling before, ever. And, like, I'm a big diver. Like, I'm, I've been diving for – like, diving for balls is not new to me. I've been oh, diving yeah. for balls since my freshman year of high school, you know, like aggressively. And so whenever I landed and my – I just felt like this big wave go through my body and I was like, ooh, something's not right in there. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, in my glove arm, I guess I should preface that, which is very odd anyways. But I stood up and it felt like – well, I laid there for a second. You did. Because I was like – I was like, okay, I hear all these things about people are getting hurt, and then it makes it worse because they try and, like, jump back into <laughs> yeah. things, you know? So I, like, laid there for a second to, like, let my body, you know, destroy everything else that had been destroyed. And then I got up real slow, and it really felt like my shoulder, like, the rest of my arm was still laying on the ground. And I was like, if y'all could have seen me walking off the you field. Were I didn't say arm down. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was just, like, penguin walking off the field because I didn't want to. My arm was out of socket. Out of socket. Completely out of socket. And like, you can see it. Like, your I, arm's just dangling there. <laughs> I'm, like, waddling off the field, and Coach Kinsey's like, are you good? Because I didn't say anything. Like, I don't cry. I didn't scream or anything. I'm just, and he's like, are you good? Wait, when he said this, I was, like, had made it all the way behind the plate. Okay, so, like, I was walking for a good minute, minute and a half, awkward silence, mm-hmm. you know. Are you good? And I was like, ah, I don't think so. I don't think my arm is attached. And he was like, oh, my God, go see the trainer. I was like, working on it. <laughs> I'm getting there. And so I get to the trainer, and she's like, wow. So, yeah, we got to put that back in. And when I sat on the bench, it popped itself back in. So, like, yeah, so that was my first little instance. And then 
we did all the tests and everything, and they got us a rotator cuff. And so rotator cuff, it's like a 50-50 chance on recovery. Mm -hmm. So we were like, all right, we're just going to rehab it for a little bit, and we're not going to dive on it for however long it takes to rehab it to where it's stable again. You know, we're going to strengthen everything around it. And then after a season, we'll deal with it. That was our whole plan. And then two months later, maybe, it was uh, September 11th. So it was one month later. September 11th is because I remember the 9-11 is whenever I tore a tear. Oh. So, like, I didn't tear it the first time, like, knowing how it felt when it was torn. I can guarantee you that it wasn't torn the first time I did Oh, yeah. September 11th, I think I just dove forward for a ball behind second, like a little grouper. And that time is 100% whenever I tore my labrum. And it – I that was the worst pain I have ever been in in my life. And I was like – it is. I stood up, and I was, like, stumbling to the dugout because I felt like I was about to pass out, and I'm standing on a tree, and he's like, what happened? And I'm like, are you, did you not just see it? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? So I'm, like, sitting there all woozy-headed, and she's like, oh, just sit down. And I was like, no, I need a trash can. I need a trash can. She's like, oh, just sit down. I'm like, I need a trash can. I'm about to throw up. And I, like, fell back because I felt like I was about to pass out. I was like, fell oh, back yeah. onto the bench. And I was like, I my face, I could feel it went flush, and I I didn't pass out, but I was real close. The pain it feels like somebody's just taking a knife and is just like grinding it. It, in it there. felt like there was nothing there, and like my arm was like trying to crawl back on top oh. of itself, like it was awful. Uh, <laughs> and based on our scars, I think that I definitely tore mine like on the opposite side of like everybody else that I know that has. Oh had yeah, probably. Scars. Um, but yeah, so. Still, after that happened, we still thought it was my rotator cuff. So we treated it. I just did – it was my glove arm, so I didn't have to throw on it every day. I didn't dive until season. Mm-hmm. We just babied it, really, and just babied the heck out of it. And then once season came around and I was, like, diving on it, I just – literally, like, my whole mindset was it'll pop out. I can pop it back in. I don't have to deal with it. It'll hurt, mm-hmm. and I'll just deal with it, deal with the pain for a couple days after, and it'll be fine. Well – it got so long of just dealing with the pain and all that and just my shoulder popping out and popping out. I got so used to it just popping out. And it got it got so bad, like, if I sneeze, my shoulder would pop out. <laughs> and so, like, I played on my shoulder being torn for six months, five, six months. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that was the COVID season, and thank God – Honestly, in that case, because if I would have played two more months on my shoulder, there's no telling how bad it would have been. Oh, yeah. So we go to the doctor after they let, like, non, uh, non-emergency non medical services open up again. So it was, like, at the end of April. Yeah. Yeah, because I went to the doctor the day before my accident happened. So. <laughs> but uh, so the end of April, I went in and got my MRI and everything. And they're like, oh, no, your laser's torn. You have a paralabrum cyst. They were like, that's why your shoulder keeps popping out like that. So because my labrum was torn for so long, like the fluids were pumping through the gap in my labrum. So I grew like a massive cyst in the back of my arm that was pushing on my nerves and stuff and essentially making my shoulder like fall out all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we had, I had to come up with the decision of, okay, do I play one more year on it and deal with it and worry about it afterwards? Or get it now and have to sit out a season. Oh, my, yeah. Like, my last season. 
what I thought of well, anyway yeah. because we didn't know what we were getting for extra oh, gear yeah. at that time. But yeah, so that was a huge mental battle for me as well. And then um, also the coaches, they were like, well, you can play like you played on this one. You can play on the other game. We'll, we'll really baby you during off season, like this and that. Like, I mean, I could hardly run like without the bases it without it popping out mm-hmm. just because of that cyst. Well, then we talked to the doctor the second time and he was like, oh no, you, can, you don't have a choice. Because like after I talked to him the first time, I thought I had a choice, like surgery oh, yeah. or no surgery. And he was like, no, you don't have a choice. He was like, if that cyst gets any bigger, it's going to mess up your nerves and you're not going to feel your arm. Like, you don't have a choice. Oof. So I was like, okay, well, so can we just take out the cyst and then worry about the labrum next year, you know? <laughs> he was like, no, if I'm going in there to take out the cyst, I'm going to fix your labrum. I'm not going to go in there twice for no reason. Like, that's dumb. Looking back, hindsight, I'm like, yeah, you're right. That was dumb. But I did everything in my power to not have that surgery because, I mean, yeah, you hear horror stories. Horrible, horrible things about labrums. Yeah. Like, shoulder i mean if you look at it i'm an art major not chemistry or anything i have nothing i know very minimal about like anatomy if you pull up a diagram of a shoulder there's so much crap in there so much stuff like it's got to be like one of the most complex shoulders oh yes 100 percent. yeah so i ended up tearing my labrum all the way from 12 to 7 so like almost completely all the way almost all yeah i have five anchors in my arm holding that thing on I gotta make it one more season. One more season. <laughs> one more season. But yeah, so that's my little background on injury. I feel like I kind of went off on it a little bit, but uh, that was definitely a, a way more serious injury for sure. Labor, oh. oh, that was awful. And then nothing has like put me in tears faster. Yeah. The second day after surgery. Oh, I was in tears. Excruciating. I was in tears. I woke up crying and I was like, Mom, please come here. I'm hurt. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I was a mama's kid right did after you, that surgery. Did you get the nerve block? I did. I got the nerve block. And it it was three days after my surgery. Just about three days after my surgery, um, I was all wrapped up, had the ice pack on it. Woke up in the middle of the night. Like, I'm talking four in the morning. And I'm screaming, like, bloody murder. And my mom's like, oh, my goodness, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, it hurts. I need medicine. I need something. Take it. And that, oh, yeah, that, it would break a, it would break a man, 100%. So you've told me that story before, but I had to ask you for the podcast. So I had that story that you told me had Micah Wood's story that you talked about earlier about her nerve block and, like, maybe another person or two talking mm-hmm. about how excruciating it was for the nerve block to wear off. Yes. And I'm, like, in the pre-op room about to go back, <laughs> and they're like, okay, sign this, this, and this, and this one's for the nerve block. We'll do this and this. And I was like, do I have to have that? And they looked at me like I was an absolute idiot. Oh, yeah. The, and they're like, um, no, but why would you not? And I was like, I've heard some really bad things about <laughs> that thing wearing off. And I was like, I feel like if I can just get through the general pain, because in my head, I'm like, I've had surgery before. It'll be like my elbow. Oh, no. Wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, oh, it'll be like my elbow. That's fine. I can get over that. No biggie. And they, I mean, I should have read their faces, which, I mean, I probably still wouldn't do it because whatever. But my, I didn't get the nerve block. And they, they asked me like eight times, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And he was like, all right, look. I'm I'm not going to give it to you because you don't want it. I can't do that. But afterwards, when you wake up from your surgery, if you want it, I will give it to you oh, yeah. after. Like, I will do that. Like, I will I'll, I will put you back. Like, mm-hmm. I will give you that instruction. And I was like, I'll be fine. 
Which of course I don't give a fuck because you don't feel you don't feel anything. So I was like, oh, I'm good. And like they asked me when I came up, and they're like, I'm whenever you're ready. I'm like, no, I'm good. And they're like, great. Um, and then day two after I had surgery, I had to ride in a car for five and a half hours to go back home for my brother's graduation party because like my whole family was there. Any bump? Riding in the car for that long, ridiculous. I'm saying that was it. Brought me to tears. Like I'm saying. The, that night when we were there, like, all of our family were there. Like, I just had no idea who is and stuff. And they're all checking on me. So, I'm, like, doped up because I'm in so much pain. <laughs> and I'm just sitting on the couch because tears just flowing because mm-hmm. I'm in so much pain. Everybody's having a blast around me. They're like, please don't touch yeah, me. Please like, don't touch me. I just want to go up the stairs. But, like, even moving, like, a little bit would hurt. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not making it up the stairs. But, yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot for that. All right, let's get a little bit back on track. <laughs> yeah, a little bit back on track. What was your uh, projected time back to play compared to how long it actually took you to come back to play? And I'm just I'm just going to talk about college. For yeah, college, hour, so. yeah, 100%. That was probably my most um, strenuous surgery alone itself. So when I went in, he said, you got a 50-50 chance. I either do it right or I tighten you too much. And I was like, wow, what are the – like, those are great odds – Dr. Evans, great odds. <laughs> Thank you. And he was like, I plan on having you back in a year. And I'm like, a, a year? Yeah. A whole year? You're like, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm, I was so confused because my past surgery was a four to five month recovery. And I'm like, how much did I mess up in this arm? Like, what did I do? Yeah. And he said, I'm going to have you back in a year. And in my head, I'm like, I just lost my freshman year. And it's going to take me a whole nother year to get back. And I already know that there's other catchers coming in. My spot's gone. Yeah. Like, at this time, it's survival. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I know. And, yeah, he said it was about a year. But it really took me over a year and a half to come back from the surgery. Mm-hmm. Because he he ended up tightening it too much. And there was, was a lot of. biggest fear with him. I, yep. I hounded him about it. I was like, do not tighten me too much. He was like, well, I don't want to see you getting back in here. And I was like, I don't care yep. if after I'm done playing, if I have to come get tightened. I, I need to be able – I need full range of motion with my glove on. I was like, I don't care. Oh, yeah. He so, ended up tightening me too much, and um, it, it, it prolonged it another half a year. And granted, it was COVID. That's the – you know, COVID has its pros and cons because if it – if it wasn't for COVID, I probably would have never caught that year. And that's really sad because, like, that is my – that's the position that I've wanted to do my whole life ever right. since I said I'm going to play college ball. So, like, um, yeah, the rehab was probably one of the hardest ones I've ever gone through. I and can imagine, especially it being your second time. Like, that second had to time. make everything so much worse and have to take it. And it's got to be a huge mental – like, a huge mental block, too, just sitting there going through your rehab knowing, like, Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. At the time, my trainers were Rachel and Andy, which mm-hmm. Andy's our trainer now, and I love that woman with my whole life. She is really close to my heart because she was there for me through that whole rehab process, along with my best friend Maddie because she had ACL surgery at the time. So we were going through rehab together our freshman year, and I, when I say it was one of the roughest, it was one of the roughest physically and mentally because – I'm thinking, I just lost my spot. There's no way I'm coming back. I had to 
literally, I had to learn how to rethrow a softball, a ball that I've been throwing since I was eight years old. I now cannot even get it over my head. And that was a big thing for me, too, is I got knocked down to square one. There was no, no other squares were down to rock bottom. And it, yeah, it was rough. It was a rough one. I'm not going to lie. It was a rough one. Um, I'm not crying. My eyes just itch. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know what you said. No, you're good. For me, mentally, with mine, I was in a really bad place mentally before my surgery as it, like, anyway, because that's when I was dealing with, like, COVID shutdown. So, like, I was in a terrible mental spot after oh, yeah. that because I'm, like, like I talked about before, like, I was battling with if I even wanted to play again because I already went through the heartbreak of losing the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was already in a terrible place mentally. And then they were like, I got a text from Jessalyn. She was like, hey, I just, uh, CPO's back open again. Um, I just got an email for that. Uh, you should text Andy and see if he can yank your shoulder. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. So I texted her and I was like, hey, can you get my shoulder looked at now? And she was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, I had an appointment, like, in the next couple of days. But after I sent that text, I was like, oh, crap, it's real now. Mm-hmm. Like, I sat on it for so long. And then those, like, two months during the whole COVID shutdown, it wasn't even hurting me anymore because I wasn't doing anything with it, you know. I just, every time I'd step off the curb, it would pop mm-hmm. out and then it would just go back in, you know. So that was the extent of even thinking about my shoulder, you know. And, uh, yeah, so it was a huge mental thing for me. But uh, Georgia really helped me get in the right mindset about it she's like because I was really really debating on like just toughing it through but Georgia really got me on that track she's like if you've been in pain for this long you're not gonna have yeah. to worry about it anymore like you this is gonna be good for you like she really talked me into like a better mindset about it but and then uh we got into like the nutrition side of things and like um just all that and uh just hydration and all that and we were really focused on like like, the week before I had surgery, we sat down and made a plan, and she was going to do it all with me uh, to help me, you yeah. know, to just be that person that I'm back on. Because I, I was six hours, five, six hours away from home doing oh, all yeah. this by myself, essentially away from my family, because I had to use the team doctors and do PT here and all that, you know? Oh, yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to go pescatarian because there's a lot of things with red meat and inflammation. So we were like looking up inflammation, figuring out how to avoid it all, you know, doing all the that stuff. We bought Apple cookbooks, we were <laughs> like meal planning all this stuff. We were like not gonna drink, all this and that. So nutrition and we stuck to it for the first little bit and like pretty strictly and then after we like got a feel for it it was easier to just be like, okay, I want this and not have to super worry about it, you know? Yeah. But at the beginning it was crucial. And I feel like it really did help me a lot with the nutrition side of things, just keeping inflammation out and no drinking because drinking is a huge oh, inflammatory. Yeah. And so I, I was just water, 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 good food, natural food, you know, well, stuff like that. And I think, too, having that just as a challenge also helped me stay in the right mental mindset because it was something, it wasn't like, I wasn't sitting there just miserably the mm. whole time. Like, yeah, oh, it took your mind off. Yeah, yeah, like, it took my mind away from things and stuff like that. So that's definitely how I stayed mentally, like, well through my recovery process. Did you have anything, like? Um, so my mental process through the whole thing, obviously, coming back those first few weeks, it's tough because you're gaining motion back. You're having to deal with 
you know, the tightness, the uncomfortable, sleeping in a chair, yeah, sleeping in a chair, not even being able to lay down for mm-hmm. just a six weeks process. Makes you feel like an old man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so my mental, I think one of my biggest mental, like, warfares was I'm not going to get a spot. I don't have a spot anymore. Like, I'm, I'm now just one of those girls on the bench. And, like, I love the girls on the bench, but... I've always been the starting player. I mean, everybody wants to be out there. Exactly. And, yes, everybody has to put in their time on the bench, you know, and be that teammate and be that cheerleader for the girls on the field. But, I mean, everybody wants to be out there. Everybody's fighting to be out there. Coming in my freshman year, being told, like, you're our starting catcher, and then going, and now we're like, okay, good luck to trying to even get in the lineup. That That was huge for me. And it was one of my goals was, like, this is your reason to get back. This is, like, you have to go, you have to get back to do this. And another mental thing that I went through was keeping my love for the game. Yes. Keeping my love for the game when I'm not even able to play and I'm just watching all these girls play and I'm sitting over there doing books and not even being able to do anything. And that was that, that was a big one. But like I said, thankfully I had Maddie going with me because – like, I, she was my outlet. We were going through the same things, and we were like, we love the game of softball because, like, we're we're playing for those little girls. Like, right. that is our main goal. And your little self. Exactly. Little, we're little playing for our own little girls yeah. that fell in love with the game. So, 100%, that was, that was a big mental part was keeping the love for the game. Like, the rehab itself is something different because – it's just telling yourself, you can do it. You can do it. Like, you can get past this obstacle. You can get past this obstacle. You can get past this obstacle. And then it turns into, okay, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Our range of motion is getting there. We're being able to get a ball above our head. And then now we just got to keep the love for the game. Got to keep your head in it. And that was that was one of the big mental ones for sure. Yeah, and as you're going through your recovery and as you're getting your range of motion back, I feel like that is definitely a huge mental turnaround because you're like, at first, when you just barely move your arm, you sit there and you're like, am I ever going to be able to, like, pick up a Coke can <laughs> yeah, again? Like, am I ever going to be able to pick up a water bottle? And, you know, just the littlest things. Am I going to be able to put a backpack on my shoulder, you know? And then once you start getting to those things, like the reaches where you crawl up the wall and stuff, oh, yeah. that's whenever you're like, oh, heck, yeah, I'm getting this. You I'm start gonna... grasping onto those little achievements. The tiniest little the ones. The tiniest achievements. And you have to do that. Like, I feel like you, you have do. to do that. If you're just in a negative mindset the whole time, you're never going to go gonna anywhere. Recover. Yep, you're never going to go anywhere. It's seeing that, like, okay, I went from a 2.5 to now I'm lifting a 5-pound. Like, yeah. it's just that little bit, it and really it really is. does push you for sure. It does. Yeah, and that's huge. And that's one of the big things that I have written down on here to make sure I said was, like, your mentality of recovery is, like, the huge part of your recovery. Oh, 100%. Like, recovery is, like, heavily mental. Like, without a good mindset, it's going to take you forever to heal. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're sitting there going, oh, this isn't going to be back till six months, it's going to take you six months. And your body thrives on your energy, too. Like, 100%. your body, that's why so many people listen to pump-up music, because their body is striving off that good energy. Yeah. If you're If you're putting negative energy into your body, your body's just like, you already gave up on me. So, yeah, like, I'm not, why am I going to help you? And that was another thing is when my second sur- – like, when I blew out my arm out the second time, I was devastated that my body gave up on me. Yeah. Like, 
I was doing so much and it, I was very disappointed in myself that like I did not prepare myself enough or I did not do enough to make this not happen again. Right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for me. So they told me, you know, it's like uh, six months for your labor. And so six months after my surgery, which was in at the end of May, and you're like, what? It was, it was November. Mm-hmm. He told me, he's like, he told me that I would, oh, you might get to play towards the end of fall ball next year. He's like, you might get a game or two in at the end of fall ball, and then we'll see about season two. Oh, we'll yeah. We'll see how you're feeling. Those words. Season. We'll see. And you're yeah. like, that's not like, promising. No. <laughs> so I told myself, and I was like, I'm going to be ready to go in four months. And I was like, I'm going to go to four months, which mine is obviously going to be shorter than yours. I didn't have to treat my head up low. It yeah. was my goal line. I just needed full mobility and the biggest thing for me was trusting my arm again to die. Oh, yeah. That was the trust. so huge for me. Like, Candy, if you're listening, don't listen. Um, <laughs> I was doing way more than I did, than what I was doing for rehab, like mm-hmm. in PT. I went and got a gym membership mm-hmm. so that I could go and do it. So I was like lifting like two and a half and five pounders. And I was like, nah. This it this ain't enough for me. This like I'm not I feel like I'm not getting enough out of this. Like I feel like I can do more, but you know, you have to stick to that plan. And I'm not saying to anybody to go do this because I definitely did regret it after like a month. Because I definitely was pushing myself way too hard. And my roommate really she was like, heard a little bit, but she was like, stop. Like stop doing slow it. Down. Chill. And it's cause we would go work out together and she was like, No, legs only. Like you're only allowed to do legs. And so I only did extra arms, and I wasn't out here, like, binging or anything stupid, you know? Like, I was just, like, okay, I'm going to curl five instead of the two and a half that I'm doing at PT. Like, I was going and doing a little bit extra, which, yeah, do a little bit extra, because if you're doing the bare minimum, you're not going to get there. Oh, yeah, it's going to take you longer. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just, I was just ready to get back, and I was like, I will get back before fall ball. Like, I, or not fall ball. Uh, I said fall ball earlier. I meant preseason. Yeah, preseason. I meant preseason. I didn't mean fall ball. Um, but I told myself, I was like, I'm going to be back for fall ball, even if it's just a minute. I was like, I will catch some part of fall ball. And I did. I got released right at the end of October. And I was good. I think I played two games in our October Black Series last year, which was fall ball for us because yeah. of COVID. But, yeah, your mental – your drive and what you're telling yourself up here definitely affects your recovery. Oh, it's huge because, like I said, I had to relearn how to throw. So another mental battle was throwing, like letting yeah. go of the ball, actually putting power behind my throw. And I was like, my body, it already gave up on me twice. I, I don't doubt that it could give up on me a third time. And they were like, Miranda, look, he went in there and he fixed it. You, if your body gives out, then it's just telling you, hey, look, we're done. Like, we can't do this anymore. And I had to really, like, beat that into my mind was, like, you just got to go. You got to do it. You got to throw the ball. And if it, if it goes out, then it goes out. And it's okay because you've done so much up to this point. Like, that was, that was another big one. And it was just trusting myself, trusting that I've done everything right up to this moment, that it's game time. And – the day that I actually threw out a girl after everything, after rehab, everything, the mo- I can remember it like it was yesterday, the most memorable throw out I, ever in my life. Yeah, I can, remember, I can remember the first dive, like, during a game that I, like, caught.
was okay. I know. And, and, and after it, you're like, I, I did like, it. Mm-hmm. I did it. And <laughs> everybody's, you were, I mean, you were there the first time I dove in a game last year. Everybody, I could feel the tension. Everybody's like, she going to get up. She going to get up. She going to get up. I was like, yeah. I could feel everybody just go. <gasps> oh, yeah. Because I did too. And I got up and I was like, oh, my Oh my god, that felt better than it did before. Like <laughs> it is, and it even took my dad saying he was like, "You have the, you now have the strongest like held together arm out there." If you think about it, he was like, "You have five pieces of metal or whatever it is mm-hmm. in there that's holding your arms together." Like he was like, "It's not in prop, it's not in prop." Which not saying that it can't. That's just what he was telling me to yeah. motivate me, you know. But yeah, yeah, it it was definitely it was crazy. It took me a long time to trust myself. And it took me so long to trust myself diving. We did everything but diving until, like, the very last. Like, that was oh, the yeah. very last thing. It was, like, hitting, totally fine. It actually helped my swing. Yeah? Yeah. See, it was my front shoulder, and my joints are really loose. Evan, True, I can Evan's see that. called me his loosey-goosey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so now that my front shoulder couldn't fly anymore, like, I couldn't fly over my ball anymore. Oh, yeah. And I can understand that, yeah. Whenever I went to, like, get released from Evan, he was, I told him, I was like, I feel like I'm hitting the most strong part. He was like, yeah, because you're, you're staying compact. Like, you're, you're intact. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, diving was the very last thing I did. And I'm saying I pulled out the diving mat. I took every precaution. I'm saying I was, like, tiptoeing up to the mat, and I'm just barely laying down. Like, and then finally, like, I went up before practice, before, like, anybody was even there. So I didn't have my dad checked on me anymore. Had to had to do that. Part. Had to do that part on my own. But my first like dive on the mat, I like my heart like did that little thing, you know, that oh, little yeah. flutter, and I was like, oh my god, it didn't hurt. Like I'm okay. Like I can do. I am okay. I can oh, do yeah. this. And after that, I like dove. I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like diving on that diving mat like for like 20 minutes by myself and like dead out of breath. And then Tanner walks up and she's like, I'm proud of you. She's like, I told you you could do it. Like oh yeah, you and got that's it. That's another thing. Our coaches and our teammates had our back when so we felt like we we felt like everybody was just like, oh, here we go again. Like, no, they had our backs. When I threw out the Brigham Young girl, she I had her dead in the water. Morgan Medford was the one that was screaming the yeah, loudest, like, yes, through it. I knew you could do it. And, like, I heard my dad in the stands. I was like, it was one of those memorable softball moments that will, I will keep in my heart for the rest of my life. Like, it was one of the best moments, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, I feel like we've talked about so much. We've covered so much. And I have just a couple little notes written down to tell listeners out there, whether you're going through an injury or you get one in the future, your injuries do not define you as a person. 100%. 100%. Like, you are not broken. Like, everything, it's fixable, and you'll get through it. And if you're injured right now listening to this podcast and struggling with arms, you'll get through it, and you'll be an impact and yeah, I don't know why I worried so hard. Give it some time because time is your time is your best friend. The more that you put that positive energy into your body and the more that you like actually hear your support system and be like they do believe in me. Like I can do this. They've seen me do this before. I promise you your recovery is going to go so much smoother than you would ever expect. Ever expect. Yeah, don't negative talk the support system or doubt the support system because I definitely dove there for a little bit, especially, like, the first week after mm-hmm. surgery. I was like, I'm never going to get back to this level. So I had to get surgery again, possibly. He was like, my dad told me, he was like, once those stitches are out, 
you're going to throw so much dirt, it's just because, like, that's the process where everything inside of you is trying to recommit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm so stupid for all this. I'm so stupid for that. I feel like you got to find little milestones, little victories. It is the little victories. Like, like I said, the 2.5 going to the 5 pound, that little bit of a weight difference, I hung on to that because I was like, I'm getting stronger. My muscles are actually, like, they're getting back to where they used to be. And now I'm able to do push-ups when I never could do a push-up before in my yes. life. Okay, <laughs> after my shoulder surgery, I could do the best push-up ever. Like, just because yes. thinking about it, you're strengthening your shoulders ridiculously. I remember the first time in the weight room after I got released to, like, actually do arms instead of just one arm because for the longest time oh, I was yeah. doing one arm and I felt so goofy in the weight room. But I remember the first push-up I did was on the med ball. And last year it was the first year we did med balls push-ups since I had been there. And I just remember, like, all through preseason, everybody complaining about the med ball push-ups. Like, oh, they're so hard, they're so hard. And uh, it was, like, the week that I got released to, like, do arms in the weight room. Med ball was, like, one of the, like, the first days. And so I was, like, I looked at it for a while on the ground, and I was, like, "Ah, I don't think I can do it. Uh, Probably not yet. Let me get some strength. And I was, like, you know, I'm going to just try to get one. And I did one, and I was, like, I looked at who, I think Julia was my uh, weight room partner because she's a pitcher, so arm limitations as well. Mm-hmm. And I was there, I was like, these are not hard. I was like, y'all are babies. And I just, like, repped them out. And she was oh, like, yeah. she was looking at me like she was kidding me. She was like, what the heck are you doing? And I was like, are you kidding me? These are, y'all are such little crybabies. These are not hard. And then I went in to Riley, which is our trainer, then kind of bounced back with names and stuff long story <laughs> but i went to riley before practice that day and i was like dude i can do better push-ups than you've ever done in my life i know i'm so proud of myself for like how how much stronger that i've gotten because that is the goal is just to keep getting stronger every year you know and this year i really put my mindset like i'm gonna get stronger because this is my year like this is my yeah. year to ball out this is our Second year in D1, like last year was, we're going to erase that. Nothing happened last year. Yeah, last year. And last like, year's a memory. We're, gonna, we're just going to give ourselves some new stats. And 100%, like, I'm so proud of myself for how far I've gone. Because I just remember, like, my mindset when I first had surgery. I was like, I'm never going to be able to lift yeah. something again. And now I'm over there doing 50-pound floor press. Right. Like, like, it's not like it's nothing. Because it is a little bit <laughs> something. But uh yeah it's just it's crazy you just really got to believe in yourself and yeah and the recovery time like looking back it flew by it did at least which i mean you're putting a lot of time into every day into a recovery but looking back like i don't regret anything i'm glad i got the surgery instead of sitting on it oh yeah glad it wasn't switched but me either. Evans was like, "This is happening. You choose a date, and I'll be yeah. there." And I was like, "Okay." So I was I was on the table like probably two weeks after I went in the first time, like for my yep. Let's see what's going on. Oh yeah, that's exactly how it was. Yeah, so I guess that wraps it up. Honestly, that, one, that was a good one. I really appreciate you coming out and talking to me. Uh, is there anything else left unsaid that you feel like you need to tell anybody listening? No, I think we kind of hit on it, like, yeah. believe in yourself, give yourself that positive energy, and just, you know, don't doubt yourself. Like, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, oh you yeah. just got to know that. Everything happens for a reason, and, like, you're going to come out stronger than you ever were. Absolutely. I'm yeah. a huge believer in that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Like I said earlier, it'll be a minute before I get another one up, but I will be back with them for sure because – 
yes, I did this for my school, my senior project, but I have fallen in love with doing this. And once I get graduated and get a nice, better setup than back of my garage, <laughs> <laughs> better audio quality and stuff, but I'll definitely be back with more, with more people on here to share their stories and experiences. So stay tuned for that. And thank you guys so much for sticking around this long. And I'll see y'all on the next episode of In the Box.